Homeland, Chapter 14, Proper Respect They moved through the winding tunnels as quietly as a whispering breeze, each step measured in stealth and ending in an alert posture. They were ninth-year students working on their last year in Mele Matthier, and they operated as often outside the cavern of Menzoboranzan as within. No longer did padded poles adorn their belts. Adamantine weapons hung there now, finely forged and cruelly edged. At times, the tunnels closed in around them, barely wide enough for one dark elf to squeeze through. Other times, the students found themselves in huge caverns with walls and ceilings beyond their sight. They were drow warriors, trained to operate in any type of underdark landscape, and learned in the ways of any foe they might encounter. Practice patrols! Master Hatchner had called these drills, though he had warned the students that practice patrols often meant monsters quite real and unfriendly. Drist still rated in the top of his class and in the point position led the group, with Master Hatchnet and ten other students following in formation behind. Only twenty-two of the original twenty-five in Drizzt's class remained. One had been dismissed and subsequently executed for a foiled assassination attempt on a higher-ranking student. A second had been killed in the practice arena, and a third had died in his bunk of natural causes, for a dagger in the heart quite naturally ends one's life. In another tunnel a short distance away, Bergignon Dunray, holding the class's second rank, led Master Dinan and the other half of the class in a similar exercise. Day after day, Drizzt and the others had struggled to keep the fine edge of readiness. In three months of these mock patrols, the group had encountered only one monster, a cave fisher, a nasty crab-like denizen of the Underdark. Even that conflict had proved only a brief level of excitement, and no practice experience, for the cave fisher had slipped out along the high ledges before the drow patrol had even got a strike at it. This day, Drizzt sensed something different. Perhaps it was an unusual edge on Master Hatchnet's voice, or a tingling in the stones of the cavern, or a subtle vibration that hinted to Driz subconscious of other creatures in the maze of tunnels. Whatever the reason, Drizzt knew enough to follow his instincts, and he was not surprised when the tell-tale glow of a heat source flitted down a side passage on the periphery of his vision. He signaled for the rest of the patrol to halt, then quickly climbed to a perch on a tiny ledge above the side passage's exit. When the intruder emerged into the main tunnel, he found himself lying back down on the floor with two scimitar blades crossed over his neck. Drizzt backed away immediately, and he recognized his victim as another drow student. "'What are you doing down here?' Master Hatchnet demanded of the intruder. "'You know the tunnels outside Menzabarans and are not to be traveled by any but patrols.' "'Your pardon, Master,' the student pleaded. "'I bring news of an alert.' All of the patrol crowded around, but Hotchnet backed them off with a glare and ordered Driz to set them out in a defensive position. "'A child is missing,' the student went on. "'A princess of House Ben Ray. Monsters have been spotted in the tunnels.' "'What sort of monsters?' Hotchnet asked. A loud, clacking noise like the sound of two stones being chipped together answered his question. "'Hook horrors!' Hotchnet signaled to Drizzt at his side. Drizzt had never seen such beasts, but he had learned enough about them to understand why Master Hatchnet had suddenly reverted to the silent handcode. 
Hook horrors hunted through a sense of hearing more acute than any of the other creatures in all of the Underdark. Drizzt immediately relayed the signal around to the others, and they held absolutely quiet for instructions from the Master. This was the situation that they had trained to handle for the last nine years of their lives, and only the sweat on their palms belied the calm readiness of these young drow warriors. "'Spells of darkness will not foil a hook horror,' Hatchnet signaled to his troops. "'Nor will these,' he indicated the pistol crossbow in his hand and the poison-tipped dart that it held, a common first-strike weapon of the dark elf. Hatchnet put the crossbow away and drew his slender sword. "'You must find a gap in the creature's bone armor,' he reminded the others, "'and slip your weapon through to the flesh.' He tapped Drizzt on the shoulder, and they started off together, the other students falling into line behind them. The clacking resounded clearly, but echoing off the stone walls of the tunnels. It provided a confusing beacon for the hunting drow. Hatchnet let Drizzt steer their course and was impressed by the way the students soon discerned the pattern of the echoing riddle. Drizzt's step came in confidence, though many of the others in the patrol glanced about anxiously, unsure of the peril's direction or distance. Then a singular sound froze all of them where they stood. Cutting through the din of the clacking monster and resounding again and again, surrounding the patrol in the echoing madness of a terrifying wail, it was the scream of a child. Princess of House Ben Ray! Hatchnet signaled to Drizzt. The master started to order his troops into a battle formation, but Drizzt didn't wait to watch for commands. The scream had sent a shudder of revulsion through his spine, and when it sounded again, it lighted angry fires in his lavender eyes. Drizzt sprinted off down the tunnel, the cold metal of his scimitars leading the way. Hatchnet organized the patrol into quick pursuit. He hated the thought of losing a student as skilled as Drizzt, but he considered, too, the benefits of Drizzt's rash actions. If the others watched the finest of their class die in an act of stupidity, it would be a lesson they would not soon forget. Drizzt cut around a sharp corner and down a straight expanse of narrow, broken walls. He heard no echoes now, just the ravenous clackings of the waiting monsters and the muffled cries of the child. His keen ears caught the sight and sounds of his patrol at his back and he knew that if he was able to hear them, the hook horror surely would too. Drizzt would not relinquish the passion of the immediacy of his quest. He climbed to a ledge ten feet above the floor, hoping it would run the length of the corridor. When he slipped around a final bend, he could barely distinguish the heat of the monster's forms through the blurring coolness of their bony exoskeletons, shells nearly equal in temperature of the surrounding stone. He made out five of the giant beasts, two pressed against the stone and guarding the corridor, and three others further back in a little cul-de-sac toying with some crying object. Drizzt mustered his nerve and continued along the ledge, using all the stealth he'd ever learned to creep by the sentries. Then he saw the child princess lying in a broken heap at the foot of one of the monstrous bipeds. Her sobs told Drizzt that she was still alive. Drizzt had no intentions of engaging the monsters if he could help it hoping that he might perhaps slip in and steal the child away. Then the patrol came in headlong at the bend of the corridor, forcing Drizzt into action. Sentries! He screamed in warning, probably saving the lives of the first four of the group. Drizzt's attention abruptly returned to the wounded child as one of the hook horrors raised its heavy clawed foot to crush her. 
The beast stood nearly twice Driz's height, and outweighed him more than five times over. It was fully armored in the hard shell of its exoskeleton, and adorned with gigantic clawed hands and a long and powerful beak. Three of the monsters stood between Driz and the child. Driz couldn't care about any of these details at the horrible critical moment. His fears for the child outweighed any concerns for the danger looming before him. He was a drow warrior, a fighter trained and outfitted for battle, while the child was helpless and defenseless. Two of the hook horrors rushed at the ledge, just the break that Drizzt had needed. He rose up to his feet and leapt over them, coming down in a fighting blur onto the side of the remaining hook horror. The monster lost all thoughts of the child as Drizzt's scimitar snapped at its beak relentlessly, cracking at its facial armor in a desperate search for an opening. The hook horror fell back, overwhelmed by its opponent's fury and unable to catch up to the blade's blinding, stinging movements. Driz knew that he had the advantage on this one, but he knew as well that two others would soon be at his back. He did not relent. He slid down from his perch on the monster's side and rolled around to block its retreat, dropping between its stalagmite-like legs and tripping it to the stone. Then he was on top of it, poking furiously as it floundered on its belly. The hook horror desperately tried to respond, but its armored shell was too encumbering for it to twist out from under the assault. Drizzt knew his own situation was even more desperate. Battle had been joined in the corridor, but Hatchnet and the others couldn't possibly get through the sentries in time to stop the two hook horrors undoubtedly charging for his back. Prudence dictated that Drizzt relinquish his position over this one and spin away into a defensive posture. The child's agonizing scream, however, overruled Prudence. Rage burned in Drizzt's eyes so blatantly that even the stupid hook horrors knew that his life was soon to end. Driz put the tip of his scimitars together in a V and plunged them down onto the back of the monster's skull with all of his might. Seeing a slight crack in the creature's shell, Driz crossed the hilt of his weapon, reversed the points, and split the clear opening in the monster's defense. He then snapped the hilts together and plunged the blades straight down, through the soft flesh and into the monster's brain. A heavy claw sliced a deep line across Driz's shoulder, tearing his pivofui and drawing blood. He dived forward into a roll and came up with his wounded back to the far wall. Only one hook horror moved at him. The other picked up the child. No! Drizzt screamed in protest. He started forward only to be slapped back by the attacking monster. Then, paralyzed, he watched in horror as the other hook horror put an end to the child's screams. Rage replaced determination in Drizzt's eyes. The closest hook car rushed at him, meaning to crush him against the stone. Drizzt recognized its intentions and didn't even try to dodge out of the way. Instead, he reversed his grip on the weapons and locked them against the wall above his shoulders. With the momentum of the monster's 800-pound bulk carrying it on, even the armor of this shell could not protect the hook car from the adamantine scimitars. It slammed Drizzt up against the wall, but in doing so, impaled itself through the belly. The creature jumped back, trying to wriggle free, but it could not escape the fury of Drizzt Duarden. Savagely, the young drow twisted the impaled blades. He then shoved off the wall with the strength of anger, tumbling the giant monster backwards. Two of Drizzt's enemies were dead, and one of the hook horror sentries in the hallway was down, but Drizzt found no relief in those facts. The third hook horror towered over him as he desperately tried to get his blades free from his latest victim. Drizzt had no escape from this one. 
The second patrol arrived then, and Dinan and Bourguignon Benray rushed into the cul-de-sac along the same ledge that Drizzt had taken. The hook horror turned away from Drizzt just as the two skilled fighters came at it. Drizzt ignored the painful gash on his back and the cracks he had no doubt suffered in his slender ribs. Breathing came to him in labored gasps, but this, too, was of no consequence. He finally managed to break free one of his blades, and he charged at the monster's back. Caught in the middle of the three-skilled drow, the hook horror went down in seconds. The corridor was finally cleared, and the dark elves rushed in all around the cul-de-sac. They had lost only one student in their battle against the monster sentries. "'A princess of House Barrison del Margo,' remarked one of the students in Dinan's patrol, looking at the child's body. "'House Ben Ray, we were told,' said another student, one from Hotchnitz's group. Driz did not miss the discrepancy. Bergignon Ben Ray rushed over to see if the victim was indeed his youngest sister. "'Not of my house,' he said with obvious relief after a quick inspection. He then laughed at further examination revealed a few other details about the corpse. "'Not even a princess,' he declared." Driz watched it all curiously, noting the impassive and callous attitude of all of his companions, most of all. Another student confirmed Bourguignon's observation. "'A boy child,' he spouted. "'But of what house?' Master Hatchnet moved over to the tiny body and reached down to take the purse from around the child's neck. He emptied its contents into his hands, revealing the emblem of a lesser house. "'A lost waif!' He laughed to his students, tossing the empty purse back to the ground and pocketing its contents. Of no consequence. A fine fight, Dinan was quick to add, with only one loss. Go back to Menzoberranzan, proud of the work you have accomplished this day. Drizzt slapped the blades of his scimitars together in a resounding ring of protest. Master Hatchnet ignored them. Form up and head back, he told the others. "'You all performed well this day.' "'He then glared at Drizzt, stopping the angry student in his tracks. "'Except for you,' Hatchnet snarled. "'I cannot ignore the fact that you downed two of the beasts and helped with a third. Hatchnet scolded. "'But you endangered the rest of us with your foolish bravado.' "'I, I warned the sentries,' Drizzt stuttered. "'Damn your warnings!' shouted the master. You went off without command. You ignored the accepted methods of battle. You led us here blindly. Look at the corpse of your fallen companion. Hatchnet raged, pointing at the dead student in the corridor. His blood is on your hands. I meant to save the child, Drizzt argued. We all meant to save the child, retorted Hatchnet. Drizzt was not so certain. What would a child be doing out in these corridors all alone? How convenient that a group of hook horrors, a rarely seen beast in this region of Menzoberranzan, just happened to provide training for this practice patrol. Too convenient, Driz knew, considering that the passage farther from the city teemed with the true patrols of seasoned warriors, wizards, and even clerics. You knew what was around the bend in the tunnel, Drizzt said evenly, his eyes narrowing on the master. The slap of the blade across the wound on his back made Drizzt lurch in pain, and he nearly lost his footing. He turned to find Dinan glaring down at him. "'Keep your foolish words unspoken!' Drizzt warned in a harsh whisper. "'Or I will cut out your tongue!' 
The child was a plant, Driz insisted when he was alone with his brother in Dinan's room. Dinan's response was a smack across his face. They sacrificed him for the purpose of the drill, growled the unrelenting younger Duarden. Dinan launched a second punch, but Driz caught it in mid-swing. You know the truth of my words, Driz said. You knew it all along. Learn your place, second boy, Dinan replied in open threat. In the academy and in the family. He pulled away from his brother. To the nine hells with the academy, Drizzt spat at Dinan's face. If the family holds similar, he noticed that Dinan's hands now held a sword and a dirk. Drizzt jumped back, his own scimitars coming out to the ready. I have no desire to fight you, my brother, he said. Know well that if you attack, I will defend, and only one of us will walk out of here. Dinan considered his next move carefully. If he attacked and won, the threat to his position in the family would be at an end. Certainly, no one, not even Matron Malice, would question the punishment he levied against his impertinent younger brother. Dinan had seen Drizzt in battle, though. Two hook horrors. Even Zack Nefane would be hard-pressed to attain such a victory. Still, Dinan knew that if he did not carry through with his threat, if he let Drizzt face him down, he might give Drizzt confidence in their future struggles, possibly inciting the treachery he had always expected from the second boy. "'What is this, then?' came a voice from the room's doorway. The brothers turned to see their sister, Verna, a mistress of Arachtanilith. "'Put your weapons away!' she scolded. "'House Duarden cannot afford such infighting right now!' Realizing that he had been let off the hook, Dinin readily complied with the demands— and Driz did likewise. "'Consider yourself fortunate,' said Verna, "'for I'll not tell Matron Malice of this stupidity. "'She would not be merciful, I promise you.' "'Why have you come unannounced to Melee Match there?' "'asked the elder boy, perturbed by his sister's attitude. "'He, too, was a master of the academy, "'even if he was only a male, and deserved some respect.' "'Verna glanced up and down the hallway, "'and then closed the door behind her. "'To warn my brothers,' she explained quietly. "'There are rumors of vengeance against our house.' "'By what family?' Din impressed. Drister stood back in confused silence and let the two continue. "'For what deed?' "'For the elimination of House de Vere, I would presume,' replied Verna. "'Little is known. The rumors are vague. "'I wanted to warn you both, though,' so that you might keep your guard especially high in the coming months. House de Vere fell many years ago, said Dinan. What penalty could still be enacted? Verna shrugged. They are just rumors, she said. Rumors to be listened to. We have been accused of a wrongful deed? Drizzt asked. Surely our family must call out this false accuser. Verna and Dinan exchanged smiles. Wrongfully? Verna laughed. Driz's expression revealed his confusion. On the very night that you were born, Dinan explained, House de Vere ceased to exist. An excellent attack, thank you. House Duarden? gasped Drizzt. 
unable to come to terms with this startling news. Of course, Driz knew of such battles, but he had to hope that his own family was above that sort of murderous action. One of the finest eliminations ever carried out, Verna boasted. Not a witness left alive. You? Uh, our family? Murdered another family? What's your words, second boy? Dinan warned. The deed was perfectly executed in the eyes of Menzoboranzin, therefore. It never happened. But House de Vere ceased to exist, said Drist. To a child, said Dinan with a laugh. A thousand possibilities assaulted Drizzt at that awful moment. A thousand pressing questions that he needed answered. One in particular stood out vividly, welling like a lump of bile in his throat. "'Where was Zacnafane that night?' he asked. "'In the chapel of House de Vere's clerics, of course,' replied Verna. "'Zacnafane plays his part in such business so very well.' Drizzt rocked back on his heels hardly able to believe what he was hearing. He knew that Zack had killed Drow before, had killed clerics of Loth before, but Drizzt had always assumed that the weapons master had acted out of necessity in self-defense. "'You should show some respect to your brother,' Verna scolded him. "'To draw weapons against Dinan. You owe him your life.' "'You know?' Dinan chuckled, casting Verna a curious glance. "'You and I were melded that night,' Verna reminded him. "'Of course I know.' "'What are you talking about?' asked Driz, almost afraid to hear the reply. "'You were to be the third-born male in the family,' Verna explained. "'The third living son.' "'I, I have heard of my brother now,' the name stuck in Driz's throat as he began to understand." All that he'd ever been able to learn of Nal Fane was that he had been killed by another drow. You will learn in your studies at Arak Tanilith that the third living sons are customarily sacrificed to Loth, Verna continued. So were you promised. On the night that you were born, the night that House Duarden battled House Tevere, Dinan made his ascent to the position of elder boy. She cast a sly glance at her brother, standing with his arms proudly crossed over his chest. "'I can speak of it now,' Verna smiled at Dinan, who nodded his head in accord. "'It happened too long ago for any punishment to be brought against Dinan.' "'What are you talking about?' Driz demanded. Panic hovered all about him. "'What did Dinan do?' He put his sword in Nalfane's back, Verna said calmly. Drizd swam on the edge of nausea. Sacrifice? Murder? The annihilation of a family, even the children? What were his siblings talking about? Show respect to your brother, Verna demanded. You owe him your life. I warn both of you, she purred her ominous glare shaking Drizzt and knocking Dinan from his confident pedestal. House to Arden may be on a course of war. If either of you strike out against the other, 
you will bring the wrath of all of your sisters and matron malice, four high priestesses, down upon your worthless souls. Confident that her threat carried sufficient weight, she turned and left the room. I will go, Drizzt whispered, wanting only to skulk away to a dark corner. You will go when you are dismissed, Dinan scolded. Remember your place, Drizzduarden, in the academy and in the family. As you remembered yours with Nalfane? The battle against Devere was won, Dinan replied, taking no offense. The act brought no peril to the family. Another wave of disgust swept over Drizzt. He felt as if the floor was climbing up to swallow him, and he almost hoped that it would. "'It is a difficult world that we inhabit,' Dinan said. "'We make it so,' Drizzt retorted. He wanted to continue further to implicate the Spider Queen and the whole amoral religion that would sanction such destructive and treacherous actions. Drizzt wisely held his tongue, though. Dinid wanted him dead. He understood that now. Drizzt understood as well that if he gave his scheming brother the opportunity to turn the females of the family against him, Dinan surely would. "'You must learn,' Dinan said again in a controlled tone, "'to accept the realities of your surroundings. You must learn to recognize your enemies and defeat them. By whatever means are available,' Drizzt concluded. "'The mark of a true warrior!' Dinan replied with a wicked laugh. Our enemies drow elves? We are drow warriors, Dinan declared sternly. We do what we must to survive. As you did on the night of my birth, Drizzt reasoned, though at this point there was no remaining trace of outrage in his resigned tone. You were cunning enough to get away cleanly with the deed. Dinan's reply, though expected, "'stung the youngest drow profoundly. "'It never happened.'